0: you guys are wondering i'll tell you i think some of you guys are wondering
3: like what game we didn't go earth shattering on these games right i played a couple of them at rock paper scissors right that was as easy as that rock paper scissors let's see how competitive you are i'm competitive i'm gonna be talking trash to him did you talk trash back to me i
2: don't know about talking trash during rock paper scissors I'd, i'd like to think the trash talking would be reserved as something that actually requires skill Now, I know if you're dealing with the same person, you develop their patterns on whether they go rock, paper, or scissors, but the internet had fun with that one yesterday. Sometimes there are certain things that you have rocketing around inside your brain that should stay there, Chris, and I think the Eagles would have been better off if Nick Sirianni hadn't decided to be so candid about playing rock, paper, scissors with prospects, but it's given us something to talk about today. And it's helped inspire the draft we're going to have in about a half hour. So I guess thanks for that. Thank you. Yeah, no, no doubt.
3: And li- listen, look, these coaches are are looking for anything to dissect these players, just get a little extra look into a player as a whole, what he brings to it. But I will say with some of this stuff at times, too, like they can go over, it, it goes over, you know, over the top a little bit, you know, it just where. Uh, they're, they're gonna like, for instance, if I was in that situation, first off, I'd probably be at, at back if I put myself in that time. I'd be like, wait, this is silly. Is he serious? And I'd also be afraid to disrespect the coach because I respect my elders and all that. So now what are they going to hold it against me because I was nice and I was trying to be polite and I didn't really know the guy. So I was like afraid to just totally crap on him and dominate him in a game and tell him, hey, that's why you're a coach and I'm an athlete and shut the hell up, right? That's that. So you're not going to get a true look out of all that stuff that way. You know, that's where I would fight back against that. And that's where coaches are just quirky sometimes. They'll evaluate you on the dumbest stuff ever. You know, I had a coach evaluate me once like on cornhole. And I wanted to be like, are you serious? Like you're, you're going to make a judgment on cornhole, but yet I'm out here in the driveway knocking down threes and crossing over people. And you're not going to make any judgment off of that. Like that, coaches are stupid that way sometimes. They really are. it's I I don't get it like it's but but they are looking for any angle to evaluate these players more and more
2: two things first of all yeah as to your concession that you respect your elders as Jerry Jones once said in a far different context that's news to me (laughs) because I don't get a whole lot of respect from you (laughs) secondly what's the template that's the thing like what are you looking for when you say to a guy we're gonna play rock paper scissors are you looking for that demeanor is like all right let's go let's yeah 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 like all right yeah yeah. right right oh compete compete yes let's do it or like is it is it you're like ah come on i mean i'm competitive about the things that matter yeah a stupid game of rock paper scissors are you going to get your juices flowing over that so i don't know what the answer key is that's what always drives me nuts about these off-the-wall questions what's the right answer yeah What's the wrong answer is it how you deliver the answer And again, how do you pierce through, and this is what scouts are always looking to do and coaches are always looking to do, pierce through the prepackaged BS that the prospect has been told to offer up when it's time to answer these questions. So you want to get a glimpse into the real guy. I just don't know what the words chosen by that guy actually mean. Yeah. When it's time to decide whether or not that's the guy you want to draft or the guy you don't want to draft. No, I, I
3: know. And, you know, also that's like, that's the job to me, like, you know, of the area scout, right? The guy who's in charge of the Southeast or the Southeastern Conference, he should have that type of information already available to the team. You know, that to go, hey, I've talked to the strength coach down there, his position coach down there. You know, I know a few other people that were friends with him on the football team. They say he is, I mean, he's the competitor of competitors. You know, he'll he will take on anybody and anything. You you should have a lot of that information there already. Um, but, again, it is, it is a very limited time you get to see these guys. And, you know, coaches are quirky. They're trying to find anything they can to just try to find a little bit of an advanced signal of why they like one guy over another guy.
2: And here's the other challenge, too. What are you looking for by way of a personality? Do you want someone who's going to fall in line and be a robot? Because coaches typically want that. Do you want someone who's going to be a free thinker? Someone who's going to maybe push back? Somebody who's going to ask tough questions, make your job a little bit harder? Because instead of having people who just blindly follow orders, you're going to get that, is this really what we should be doing? And the other side of it too, Chris, when I would pick a jury before a trial, and there's only so much ability that you have to shape the contours of a jury. But one of the real questions is, how do these different people combine to create their own entity? And I think as a football coach and as a general manager, you always have to be thinking of that. Yeah, we need a certain number of followers, but we also need to have some leaders. And these need to be leaders that we feel good about. And we need to trust that they'll be able to lead the other guys who we're picking because we think their personality suggests they're going to go along with whatever influences they get from the guys in the locker room with the strong personality. You can't have 53 leaders in the locker room. You got to have some guys yeah. who are going to lead and a lot of guys who are going to follow the leadership of the guys you trust to lead. So with each prospect, I think there's a different standard as to what you're looking for.
3: I I, I would agree with that. Yes, I, I would, you know, I mean, you want leaders at every position, but you're right. There's a different standard for a quarterback leader, you know, a linebacker leader, uh, an offensive lineman guy, whatever it is. There, there is. There, there, it's Listen, there's a lot of moving parts to evaluating these guys. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, two, okay, I mean – when when does it go too far when do you worry I mean just to throw that in there too like listen I was a psycho that in college my friends will tell you I was the king of Madden on Xbox and if I lost a game or was losing I mean I was the guy that was going to bash my head against the controller and punch the wall and do all that I don't know is that a good thing a bad thing I don't know I mean or or maybe I was a psycho what maybe I'm gonna be a psycho and a, a mental mess after I throw an interception because I'm super competitive like that too there's just so many different ways and avenues this whole conversation could go and to me that's where
2: coaches overanalyze with with a lot of this stuff. That's that's what I was going to say. There's a there's a fear that all that time and effort you have before the draft, you spend it doing things, checking boxes, right. creating reports and ultimately ultimately covering your butt. I think so much of what happens is CYA from the standpoint of here's the concern, here's why we didn't draft a guy, here's why, you know, if we pass on a guy who ends up becoming a superstar, well, why'd you pass on him? Because you're going to get the tough question from ownership at some point. Why'd, you pa- why'd all these teams pass on Lamar Jackson in 2018? I remember Jay Glazer reported at some point during Jackson's MVP season of 2019 that general managers were going back and asking tough questions of their scouts. What the hell? Why'd we miss on this guy? You, you want to have yourself protected so you can justify the guys you picked and you can justify the guys you didn't pick. Yeah, and sometimes right. I think it's too much. Yeah. All right. The Eagles are going to pick a quarterback at some point this year to be their starter. We all think it's going to be Jalen Hurts because he won the showdown with Carson Wentz, who was traded to the Colts. Here's Nick Sirianni talking about Jalen Hurts' potential status as the starter in 2021.
3: To name any starters at this particular time, I just we've been working with these guys for two days. Right. We've been working with these guys for two days. My biggest thing is competition. It's yeah, Again, we've talked a little bit about my core values. It's my second core value. It's this team's second core value. Competition is a huge thing. Um, and we're going to have competition at every position.
2: I have no problem with anything that he said, Chris. Yeah. Of course you want to have competition at every position. You don't want to have sacred cows. You want the jobs to be open and available to the best players. And I think the wisdom of saying that this year, when you've got players who are – considering staying away from off-season workouts, hey, there's full competition. You want to compete, be here. If you don't, the guy you're competing with will be here. He's going to have a leg up. So that concept of competition at every position could serve the Eagles well because it could cause, and I think they are one of the teams that issued a statement that either all or many aren't going to be there. If it's competition, open season across the board, that's going to be the thing that calls everybody everybody in to participate in these off-season workouts. Well,
3: I, 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 I think you're right about that. I do think it's going to put the pressure on those guys that go, wait, man, you know, I've, I've talked to the guys that are there. They're really putting a lot of value into the guys that are there and competing and doing all that, and maybe they are looking at me in a lesser type of way – Uh, because I'm at home, not a part of that mix of the competition and things like that and trying to get better. Hey, coaches are, like we talked about earlier this week, there's no doubt they're going to look down upon some of those guys. There's no doubt. The superstars will get the free pass because they're superstars and they know they need them. But everybody else in between is going to be judged a little bit off this situation. Sirianni, he's a new coach. I think it's the right thing to say with the competition at all positions, all of that. It is the right thing to say. I mean, again, you're the new guy in town. You don't want to just roll out the red carpet for any guy at one spot. You want to make it sound like, hey, everybody earned their spot to be the, you know, the starter on this team, and that's how you build culture in a place. So I'm all for that too. Um, the quarterback conversation with Jalen Hurts. I mean, as of right now, don't we know Jalen Hurts is a starter? I mean, they're going to start Joe Flacco? I don't think so. To me. The bigger thing here is, whoa, where the Eagles are sitting at 12. No, we're not definitely going to say Jalen Hurts is the starter because right now there's scenarios you can go through and go, Trey Lance or Justin Fields might be on the board at 12, and I think they're go- they've probably realized that here as of late. Like, you know. They, someone we might might really like at the position is going to be there at 12. So, no, we're not going to say Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback because if one of those guys is there, they might draft him. And I think that's the reason you're kind of hearing that, that kind of talk there out of Philadelphia as well.
2: And another thing to keep in mind, if and when Deshaun Watson clears up the legal issues uh-huh. that are hovering around him, and there's no guarantee that's going to happen, I've been told multiple times the Eagles are a team to watch as a potential trade partner for the Houston Texans with Deshaun Watson. They've already stockpiled a first-round pick next year when they moved from 6 to 12 in that trade with the Dolphins. So they've got two first-round picks they can instantly put on the table if there's a post-draft transaction to be had, and that could happen at any time between now and the start of the season once they – number one – know that these cases are resolved and he won't be on the commissioner exempt list. And then number two, know whatever punishment the league is going to to dispense. And you get, then you get Deshaun Watson after that, and you've got him for as long as you can keep him under contract.
3: Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't doubt that at all. And I know there's other teams that are still keeping their eye on the Deshaun Watson situ- situation. You know, I, I still think there's a strong sentiment in the NFL that, you know he's going to come out of this okay you know and that he might he's going to be playing this year i think there's still that belief there and and i think there are some teams still kind of sitting there waiting to see how it all plays out with him you know on the radar maybe not as strong a presence on the radar as he was you know before all this happened but hey at the end of the day we know you know it's about what you do on the field and deshaun watson is special on the football field he really is. He's a special football player. He's definitely, you know, one of the top players in this league, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles made a play for that and they were happy with all the circumstances around Deshaun Watson and all that.
2: He is facing serious allegations, twenty two lawsuits, multiple plaintiffs in the lawsuits have spoken to the Houston Police Department. At least two are willing to speak to the NFL as part of their investigation. So it's not going to be something that is simple and easy for Watson to resolve. I've said for four weeks now the right thing to do is find a way to give these individuals something that makes them feel like they've gotten justice. They've gotten some recompense for what it was that they ended up suffering, experiencing, even if it was a misunderstanding between Deshaun Watson and some of these individuals. But Eagles still in play. Owner Jeffrey Lurie, it was mentioned in that long item from the athletic a couple of weeks ago he's a draft nick and he's always been one and he gets into it and hey look if you're gonna meddle you may as well roll up your sleeves and do the work and i respect that Howie roseman the general manager of the team addressed yesterday jeffrey Lurie's involvement in the actual drafting of players here it is
4: You know, Jeffrey's involvement is very similar. It's the same as it's always been. Um, You know, he's there to make sure that he's uh, looking through our process. And if he's had any questions about why we're doing things, um, we're going to go and have those discussions about why the process looks like it does, um, why our draft board, just based on the descriptions that the coaches and the scouts are giving of this player. Uh, he's taking notes on those uh, those aren't his evaluations those are based on the coaches and scouts and making sure they fit in terms of what he's looking for from that value of that spot you know he if we had a if we're talking about a guy in the first round and we're talking about him as a role player you know he may stand up and say wait a minute like is that really what we're looking for a first round pick again like he's listening to the conversations that we're having on there. And, and if he hears something that doesn't really make sense based on some of the meetings we're having, he may say, hey, you know, I remember in that meeting, uh, Jonathan Gannon felt like this wasn't a guy who really fit his system. I'm making something up. He may jump in like that, but he's not jumping in in terms of saying like, hey, I had this guy higher, so let's, let's go and select that guy.
2: There's a lot of play in that there's a lot of flexibility in that and you know my theory Chris we talked about it not long ago how do we explain the first round pick last year and yesterday Howie Roseman was asked about ignoring the board and didn't deny it danced around it right I think that Howie Roseman is the in-house fall guy I don't have anything to base this on other than circumstantial evidence common sense and an understanding of how organizations operate I think Howie Roseman is the in-house fall guy to do the bidding of Jeffrey Lurie when he has a board different from the board that the people he pays to make the board have come up with. Sure. I, I, don't, I
3: don't doubt that. I, I don't. I mean, listen, he's got to listen to the owner. That's for sure. Jeffrey Lurie seems like he's you know, definitely an owner that's around a lot. And is trying and is learning football and all the things that go into that and wants to be involved somehow. I, I got no issue with that either, Mike. I'm like you. As long as you're, you know, involved all the time, not just like coming in off your private plane and being like, who are we picking? Oh, him? No, don't pick him. I was watching college football last October on a random Saturday. I want the other guy. That's the ones I have the problem with, where it's like, you, you, you don't know anything. I don't know. You, you weren't here. How do you know what guy to pick? That's that's the owners that I have issues with. So yeah, Jeff. I mean, uh, Howie Roseman certainly got to be careful of that. You know, are you trying to say you think like Lurie drafted Rieger last year and all that? Is that what you're trying to kind of say there? I'm
2: I'm trying to explain and understand deviations from the board. Yeah, it's either Howie going off the board on his own, or it's Howie going off the board because the guy who has kept Howie in place through multiple regimes. And for whatever reason, there's this perception that Howie is untouchable, that Howie is the guy that allows Jeffrey Lurie to tinker with the draft board to get the guys he thinks are the best fits for the team without ever being publicly perceived as a meddler. And and I can look at this and I could say, you know what? If you want to do that, just make yourself the general manager like Jerry Jones did. Yeah. But that isn't gonna fly in Philly. One of my favorite sayings, the only thing better than being rich and famous is being rich. The more Jeffrey Lurie can stay away from the fray, the less chance he he assumes of becoming as reviled as the individuals who make the bad decisions. Wasn't my decision. Well, I'm not the GM.
3: Yeah, but I hear you. He's
2: got a, he's got he's got an ear. It gets back to this Quite People think that owners aren't involved. Baloney, they're, they're involved, especially in the first round. This is their organization. They're the ones paying the money. This is the guy that's either going to lift or kill the franchise over the next several years. Of course the owners are involved, and yeah. if they're not, they should be. But Lurie may be more involved. Sounds like it. Listen, look at it this way. If if, if, you're, compi- if you're watching all-star games and watching tape and taking the time to gather the information, what are you going to do with that information? You're going to do what anyone else does that does all that. What do you do? You make a list of your players that you like at the various positions. So Lurie's got his list. And I I think Lurie's got his, scouts have theirs, and I think Howie's the one who harmonizes it. And his ongoing employment may be best explained by the fact that he's running interference for Jeffrey Lurie's side gig of being amateur Mel Kiper, yeah, who right. also happens to own a football team.
3: I, I don't doubt you there, Mike. I don't. I'm sure Howie's had to take a few, you know, you know, right hooks to the face at Jeffrey Lurie's expense in the media and things like that. I, I don't. I, I don't question that at all. I don't know if I'm going to buy it for last year with Jalen Rieger because we've just heard too much around the NFL. I know both of us have to think like, uh no, it sounds like it's Howie. I think that's one where. If it was the owner's pick, it had kind of gotten out a little bit.
2: Well uh, well not not if hey. I know, not maybe Howie not. Is, not if Howie is fully and completely protecting Jeffrey yeah, Lurie. That's, that's right. my point. I get you. If you're so committed to taking the bullet for Jeffrey Lurie, and your reward is you don't get fired when everything goes sideways. That may be the best way to explain why he hasn't gotten fired. It could because be. Because if Lurie hires a new GM, right. he's got to start from scratch yeah. with that relationship where you have nuance and subtlety. And maybe you've got a general manager who, when you try to tell him what to do, tells you to go to hell. Right. I'm the general manager. You hired me. Look at my contract. I've got final say over the draft. You got a problem with that? Fire me and, and, and buy out my contract. But you hired me to do this job, Mr. Lurie. I expect you to re- respect that. You, you got to start from scratch with that relationship. He's got a guy. If my theory's right, and I kind of think it is, he's got a guy who will do what he wants him to do. Sure, and he and he and and it's it's comfortable. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It works. Yeah. Well, maybe get, it doesn't work. They won a Super Bowl, though. They did. They won a Super Bowl,
3: so yeah. maybe it does work. No, I, I know. Listen, I mean, li- I don't look at the Eagles as a poorly run organization. That's for sure. And like I said, I got no problem with Jeffrey Lurie sitting there doing all those type of things. You know, and a lot of times with those kind of scenarios, that the guy is involved a little bit in football and know that. Like, it's good to have another pair of eyes and ears in those type of meetings. You know, one what, what, one thing that you know, can happen with coaches and scouts. They're in the weeds of the game so much, and, you know, they overanalyze, like we've talked about, and all that type of stuff, to where, like, I have I have friends in the NFL, right? I have, like, four or five guys that I really talk ball with, like, really talk ball. And sometimes they'll say, we're talking about two players, and they're telling me about two players, and they like this one guy a little more than the other guy. But the guy they like less, they keep saying, like all these good things about and they compare him to a better player and the guy they like more you know yeah there's some things they say good but you can also see hear a few things that you're like wait he said a few concerning things there is he listening to the words that are coming out of his mouth here and that's sometimes where that value can be you know good we go hey listen you know you did you kind of just said this you know to to me are you sure about what you're Saying there, it sounds like you you know, you know like this guy more or you see something in this guy more and you're just being a hair nitpicky or something like that. So that's where it can be helpful. Um, but, yeah, Eagles, big draft, really big draft for them to kind of get back on track here.
2: And the odds makers have installed Devontae Smith as the favorite to be the player wow. that the Eagles take. Again, they're currently at number 12 plus 170 the guy for the eagles and that would mean that devontae smith isn't a top 10 pick or a top 11 pick if the case may be unless the eagles do trade up and there's some chatter that maybe they would try to do that smith measured six feet 166 at the indianapolis medical check there wasn't a scouting combine this year but 125 to 150 players went to Indianapolis to get checked out physically. Smith had that badly injured finger in the national championship game. Six foot 166. At his pro day, he said he was 170. He was listed by Alabama as 6'1, 175. We know how that goes, though. We, we, we know that you never can trust the numbers that are officially listed by any team regarding a player's height or weight. But six foot 166 dusts off the concern that he's too small. We've talked about this multiple times. Does it matter at all, Chris? Not really. I think it more. It matters more
3: politically than it does actually on the field. Like again, you'd get into. I'd be concerned if I saw one sixty six, and there was a lot of film and evidence in the SEC with the best corners in all of college football. And again, he's practicing against really great corners and a top 10 pick and Patrick Chertain every day. But I'd be worried if I saw evidence on film to go, hey, this guy's got some strength or, you know, he's a little frail. There's issues here. You know, then I'd be worried. I would. Now, I know the NFL is a different game, and it is. There's no doubt about it. I don't care if you're at Alabama, LSU, Ohio State. I was at Texas when we were, you know, one of the best teams in football. Hey, it, it, ain't, it ain't the NFL. The NFL is a different animal as far as physicality, the smartness of the players, quickness in how things happen. So going over the middle in the NFL is going to be different than going over the middle in the Rose Bowl against Notre Dame or the national championship game against Ohio State. So it is different that way. Where I say politically, Mike, it matters is this. And this is where I think like if you're Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, ooh, they're so, both so good. What do we do? What do we do? Jamar Chase is going to win the battle now for sure in my eyes because of that number a little bit. Because what it is going to scare people away from is just if he does get hurt, right? Oh, he, he got hurt in year one or year two because he is frail and he's been banged up. You're going to hear it from everybody. Well, you drafted a 166-pound receiver. What did you think was going to happen? All these people had these concerns before the draft. And I think that's where it maybe affects him a little bit. Ultimately, I don't think it's a drop or anything like that in the draft, but I think it's going to just make people question and be a little scared that way.
2: What would be the number? How light would he have to be to get you to say just that number itself is a concern? I mean, yeah. You, would he have to dip under 160? Yeah, I would say so.
3: I mean, listen, I don't love the way that number looks right there. I don't. You know, but but here's the balance too, right? Like if you were in the 150s, yeah, I'd be like, man, I don't know, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I, I, I really don't. But like, you know, here's the here's the other avenue or issue that you have here. The guy is special, all right. He can fly. He's the best route runner in the draft. He's awesome in so many areas. You know, but but I think I think the um, the uh, what was I gonna say here? I totally just lost my train of thought um it's all right we're not live we're on tape Nah, no we'll, big we'll, deal I, I know hey, I what what is that where was I about to go with that let, let me let me well oh yeah the adding the weight sorry yeah sorry the, the adding the weight you know that could affect his speed that's where it's a tough really challenge for a guys like Devonte Smith and Obama's quarterback I'm sitting there going wait you're 166 and you run 432 or you can be 176. Or in 180 and what run four four five? I'd go Devonte. Screw that extra ten pounds. Let's just let's run four three and you continue to work on your techniques and your quickness and all that, so we can just keep throwing sixty yard bombs and scoring touchdowns. And that's the other issue for a guy like him that he's got a balance about you know
2: going all in on the weight thing. I also wonder. I, I look, he, I wonder if he resisted getting on the scale when he went to Indianapolis. I know because he has been very coy about his weight. He has. And even though it's a non-issue from a football standpoint, it is an issue politically, as you said, it could be the thing that causes a team to skew one way over the other because they don't want to get that. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so down the line. I just wonder whether he considered saying, nah, I'm good. You know, when you're in there and you submit to the process, you go to see the doctor, what do they do? They tell you to get on the scale. And I know sometimes like, I really don't want to get on the scale. I, Ate too much pizza this weekend, but um, you know, I I, I, I know. I also wonder if he knew he was going to be weighed. I wonder that too. That's the first maybe, thing I thought maybe. of. He could have eaten a whole pizza before he walked into the doctor's office right. that day.
3: You chug a, you have a gallon of water in your hand. You know that that that's 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 what you do. You're right. You do something just to fake it for that moment. I bet you he didn't expect to be weighed in. I, I that would be my money, but. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I, again, I still think this is a guy that has a very good chance of going top 10. I certainly think it'll be top 15. There's no way he falls far, farther than that. And really, I mean, really, Mike, if Atlanta goes Pitts, right, and then if Cincinnati somehow goes Jamar Chase, right, which I don't think is crazy. I don't think it's crazy there. Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, or whatever tackle they like, I, there could be some play for Devontae Smith. I wouldn't be shocked if he was sitting there at seven, eight, nine, and somebody made, made a move to come up and get him. He, he's pretty damn special. I'll be interested to see if that scenario happens. Will the Lions take a receiver at 7, Mike? I mean, there's no Galladay. There's no Marvin Jones. There's really nothing they have at that position on their roster that's special right now. Would they do that? Are they going to trade down? I don't know. But Devontae Smith is intriguing as far as you know where or what happens him in, to him in this top 15.
2: Well, as it relates to the Lions, I'll tell you this. If he only weighs 166, he hasn't been biting many kneecaps. Or if he has been, he's spitting them out and not chewing them up and swallowing. <laughs> because he needs to be eating some kneecaps and other body parts to get over 170. We talked earlier about the dynamic of an owner being involved when – Maybe the owner doesn't want us to know the owner's involved. In Jacksonville, the head coach is letting us know the owner is going to be involved in deciding on the first overall pick in the draft. We'll talk about that next here on Pro Football Talk
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common?
2: with the number one pick, have you made that decision? And is
4: there anything preventing you from announcing it before uh, next week's draft?
1: Uh, we have, are knee deep in the NFL draft uh, process, obviously. And you know we're gonna meet with ownership tomorrow and, and uh, Trent and I are you know, working together, but ultimately that's, uh, the owner is gonna pull that ticket on that one. And uh, so we're gonna have a great meeting tomorrow and I imagine uh, we'll get closer to a decision.
2: Urban Meyer yesterday meeting with reporters asked about whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. Owner Shad Khan is going to make the decision, and why wouldn't he? It's the first time the franchise has ever had the number one overall pick in the draft. Now, it's not like Shad Khan is going to throw a dart and go off the board. Everything has pointed toward Trevor Lawrence for months now, and if they would go in any other direction, number one, it would be one of the biggest surprises we've ever seen, and number two, it would be one of the worst surprises PR moves we've ever seen because they've done nothing publicly or privately to push back on Trevor Lawrence being the guy. You can't pull that rug out from under all your fans who have assumed for months that Lawrence is the guy. The fact that there's never been a whisper it may not be Lawrence is all the proof we need that it will be, Chris.
3: Exactly right. I mean, if they just somehow came out with Zach Wilson, you want to talk about scrutiny and, like, letting a guy off on the wrong foot in an organization and in a city and everything like that, you're exactly right. They'd set it up for a disaster. It's Trevor Lawrence. We know it. I mean, come on. Of course we know it. I mean, Urban Meyer was there snapping the ball to Trevor Lawrence during the pro day. I mean, I'm joking, but, I mean, you see him there. He's in every shot with the guy. So he was, this is why he took the job, you know? And again, you know, as much as I love Zach Wilson, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is worthy of the number one pick. I, I don't want that to be lost in translation with this. The guy is a stud. He's got a few things that I'd like to see him work on or clean up to become more of a high level thrower and passer. Okay. But man, he's worthy of the number one pick. He definitely is. And at, back to like our conversation with Devonte Smith in the 166, like, it, it's, it's the right political move. You know, it's the safer pick for a team like Jacksonville because if Zach Wilson did fail, right, and you drafted him, everybody would be like, what do you do? When we, everybody was saying Trevor Lawrence except that idiot Chris Sims was the best guy, right? I mean, so everybody would be saying that. That would be an issue altogether. And then even politically or, you know, financially, as we've talked about many times in that area of the country. He is the closest thing to football god as you're going to get down there right now, you know. Yeah, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder right now because he's been the king of Southeastern football, you know, whether it was high school being the number one recruit, going to Clemson, all that he did there, and, of course, being from Georgia, which is so close to Jacksonville and everything like that. So, come on. Come on. Just send in the pick now. Start negotiating the contract. Get it over with. We know who it is. They used to do that when there actually were things to
2: negotiate. They'd get the deal in place. That was part of the leverage. Hey, you want to be the first overall pick? You got to agree to our terms. If not, we're going to go sign someone else. And they would do that. Since 2011, when it's become formulaic, there isn't a whole lot to negotiate. But he's the guy. And to, to me, the one big clue that hides in plain sight is the fact that Urban Meyer only went to see him throw. And Urban Meyer emphasized how important it is to stand there and hear the ball come out of the guy's hands. So if that's the only guy where you stood there and heard the ball come out of his hands, well, of course it's not going to be anyone else. When he didn't go to Zach Wilson's pro day, that was the key to me. Right. And I still think that, that maybe he didn't go to Zach Wilson's pro day because he just didn't want to have his mind cluttered. Yeah, I, I don't Any doubt questions. That. Right, that maybe that idiot Chris Sims is right. <laughs> that's just... Right. Let's just go forward yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to be tempted to take anyone other than the guy that I've known all along I was going to take. We're going to take a break. When we return, in honor of the Eagles playing rock, paper, scissors, we're going to do a draft. And this is different than most drafts we've ever done. These are the questions we would ask a draft prospect. So the chances of overlap, probably probably, fairly slim on this one. We'll see how it plays out next on PFT Live. All right, Amy Trask, former president of the Raiders, with this great observation regarding the rock, paper, scissors story. Someone in our player personnel department once proudly told me upon returning from the combine that he asked a draft prospect, if you were a vegetable, what kind of vegetable would you be? I just stared at him and added in my head the cost to us of sending him to the combine. (laughs) Well done, Ms. Trask. Uh, Yeah, And, and again, what's the answer key? When you ask someone, if you're a vegetable, what kind of vegetable would you be? What's the right answer and what's the wrong answer, Chris? I, I mean, re- I have no
3: idea. I mean, what if you were like, I don't like vegetables. I haven't eaten them. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. The, 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 that's, that goes back into our old, like, analyzing things in that way to where it, it has no relevance on anything.
2: So what, what vegetable
3: would you be? um gosh i'll go with uh broccoli because it's really healthy for you it's a superfood, and i'm super that's what i would have said to the guy
2: <laughs> yep. you know what i'd say i thought of this earlier i was going to try to act like i came up with it on the fly but i thought of it earlier and it made me laugh so i'm going to go ahead and say it i'd be asparagus because i'm going to hit you so hard your pee going to smell funny for a day <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's a pretty good one. It. I like that. Right. I like that's a good answer. If you're a middle linebacker or a defense a
2: tackle or DN, that's a good one. I like that. All right. <laughs> Important trivia question. What is the other name that people use for rock, paper, scissors? Oh man, it it's uh I don't even know. I don't
3: know. I I, I wish I just heard it for the first time like in the last year. What is it? I don't know. I'm not gonna get it. Wah, wah, wah. I've never heard of oh Rochambeau. Rochambeau. That's
2: it. I thought I thought this was a crack at me because I used to say rock, scissors, paper. Yeah, well, no, that's that was just that was going that was just that stupid. And nobody answer. says that. Rock, scissors, okay?
3: paper. <laughs> nobody All says that. Rochambeau, right. though, yes. Which is I does that? Is there a meaning? Be, be is there are those real words? I've never. Is that I've French never, for rock,
2: paper, scissors? I mean, what the hell is that? I think it's French for Rambo. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard that before uh, in my life. Uh, All right. Uh, I, I got, I got plenty of questions, plenty yeah. of questions that I would ask. Um, but my first question that I would ask is this, do you have any questions for me? I'd want to see what level of natural curiosity the person has, what level of preparation they may have had to the point where they do have some questions ready. They are curious about me because I'm telling them they're coming to work for me. Yeah, I want to know if they have questions about me because right. if I choose them it's got to be a two way street at some point. Sure. I don't care that it's a draft and, hey, you either play for me or play for no one. I want to know do you have questions for me? And depending upon how they handle that and how they speak and how they art- articulate their response and whether they do have prepared questions or whatever the case may be, I think that would give me a better glimpse into who the person is. Yeah, that's, that's
3: a good one. It tells you a little bit of like how well thought are they? You know, how well thought out are they? You know, did. Were they, were they really thinking about this you know, organization and all those things on their flight here and the car ride here and tossing things around that way? I think that is a, actually a pretty good one, Mike, to just kind of dive into the the intellect of the guy and just what is his curiosity and how you know smart is he and everything like that. I, I'm with you there. That's a pretty good one. I didn't have that one down. Um, I, I think the first thing I would want to do after you get over some pleasantries and you meet him a little bit and do all that – I'd love to probably at some point, we get in the, the film room or something like that, and I'm going to read him some bad quotes about pe- things people have said about him, and then I'm going to show him some bad plays of his own play from his college career, and I want to see how he reacts. You know, I, I do that, that. That to me is big. It's part of football. It's a part of that selfless element. Element of you know, can you take a little criticism for one? Let's see how you react to that. Are you able to take the blame for those issues, or are you trying to place it on other people? Oh, the coach did this and all that. I think that's a real good look to what a person or a competitor is a little bit uh, when you show him those negatives and see how defensive he might get, or make excuses, or whatever else.
2: Yeah, I think that's good. You're trying to poke through the facade, trying to get right. to the real guy, see how he deals with adversity, see what kind of a chip on the shoulder he has or doesn't have. Another one I would ask, and i got a bunch of them. They yeah, just kind of I all started to flow out. They may all be worthless, but I would ask, when was the last time – no, uh, I screwed it up. Have you ever lost a fight? That's the way I would ask that question. Have you ever lost a fight? Because I, that would draw out. You know, whether or not he gets in fights on a regular basis, I don't know that I want a guy that gets in fights on a regular basis, how proud he is. I've never lost a fight. I've kicked the crap out of everybody that's ever taken me on or or I've never fought. I've never been in a fight. You know, I, I think if you ask it that way, you don't suggest an answer. But maybe you do draw out more about whether or not this is a guy you got to worry about causing trouble in the locker room, or getting 15-yard penalties, or getting kicked out of games because he does go beyond the lines from time to time and get into a little bit of a knockdown dragout.
3: Yeah, I listen. There's 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 stuff to be, you know, thought out with there. I, I'm I'm not. That's not a bad one, Mike. I didn't have that one either, man. You you, you did good here. That is a good one. Yeah, you, know, you will. There'll be some telltale signs. And and like Pete just said in my ear, yeah, would it be a bad thing if like you heard like it was a linebacker and he's never been in a fight or something like that? I don't know. I might be concerned, actually, and be like, you've never been in a fight? Like, what? Like, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of different angles you could take there. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, I think the next one I would probably go, and I'm going a little nerd, you know, maybe a little too football-y here, okay, but... I'd, I'm big into, okay, no matter what position you are, all right, let's pull up a play, teach me your job, teach me the guys next to you's job. How much do you know in totality, right, if you're a linebacker, do you know everybody's job, or are you really just know your job? You know, how much do you know that way, right? So that would be one I'd want to know, like, here's a play, tell me what everybody is supposed to do on this play, please. Okay, good. You pass that. And then the next thing I'd want to do is now teach him a play. Let me teach him a play, you know, change the conversation for a few minutes, and then go, hey, you know that play I just taught you a few minutes ago? Get on the board and teach it back to me now. I'd want to see the ability to retain information, you know, on the fly, even old stuff like we're talking about, to just go, wait, is this guy really into this? Can he learn fast? Is he – uh, is he, does he learn fast? And also, even if he doesn't learn fast, okay, wait, he knew that college one and he did learn it and he was into it and knew what everybody wanted to do. I think there's a lot to be told there as far as that type of question.
2: It really is funny how our approaches would be so different. We'd actually be a pretty good team. We'd not be a good team. A good cop, bad cop team. But right. Draw out different aspects of the personality yeah. and the football player another one I would ask is if you couldn't play football anymore what would you do Uh, what's what's your next step I just want I'd want to know because this gets back to the mix of players you have in the locker room you're going to have a certain number of guys who have no idea what they would do because football is all they do they've given it no thought then you've got other guys who have a plan for what the next 50 years of their life will look like and I submit to you if you're going to have a full football team you need some of each you can't have all of one and none of the other. You've got to have a mix of guys who have a plan for their lives every day beyond their football careers, and you got to have guys who it's football or nothing. And if I can't do football, I don't know. I've given it no thought because football is the only thing I've thought about since I was six years old.
3: Yeah, I, I, am I'm, I'm with you. That, that's, a, it's a life question. You know, what I had that down too. Kind of like, what's, what else is important to you in life? I think you could tell a lot about a human being by that answer you know, and, and, you know, where that goes and you'll go, Oh, whoa, well, that was weird. He said that, or, Whoa, that that's what you're, you know, the guy's a family man. He loves football, whatever that. All right. I got one that I'm just going to say like with the competition one, right. I got a few other ones down, but like, how about if you're with a, if I'm with a quarterback, you know, most quarterbacks can shoot hoops and do that things. Most places in the NFL and the facility at least have a hoop around somewhere. That's where I might go, let's go play some horse. Oh, yeah, you think you can shoot some threes and do that? I just would want to see what he looks like shooting the ball, right? You know, again, now you can get into the Nick Sirianni, like, can I, can, can I talk crap to him and fluster him while he's shooting a shot, all that type of stuff. That was my one competition thing. If the guy had a little basketball background that I might might bring out.
2: I like that better than Rock paper system yes I like that because you do you do get an idea of how they deal with that pressure and you've got pressure it's like Urban Meyer hovering over your shoulder where you're throwing passes exactly you got the guy that may draft you right there watching you shoot that ball are you going to sink it are you not going to sink it are you going to get wobbly so what would you is there a question that you would ask No, that's
3: not a question so I guess I'm breaking from the rules of the draft I'm saying more (laughs) near Nick Sirianni uh, but yeah, that, that's a good one. I mean, the other ones I had. Do you read Pro Football Talk? I think that would have been a good yeah, one.
2: That that's a disqualifying factor right there. <laughs> you don't is football draft fa- is that football has my ideas in their heads.
3: Oh, it's an on, is it an honor for you to get drafted by the NFL? That's
2: all. One, all those things. No, hey, one of the questions. <laughs> one of the questions I would ask. We got to go. I would ask if you could pick your team. Which team would you pick? We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Beast mode, on the field. Calm. Um, Speed, define your speed. Fast, stupid fast. Super fast.
2: (laughs) Super fast, okay. Define your skill set.
0: Skill set. Solid. Nah, I'm looking for something better than that. Nah, it don't get no better than solid, baby. Um, solid.
2: define your
0: mind strong too solid way too solid
2: that's marshawn lynch on the left happy birthday to him 35 years old the late Gaines adams on the right they were both top 10 picks back in 2007 chris uh i, I miss marshawn in the nfl i i hope he gets back oh, in i know some capacity
3: he's awesome he really is and that's when he used to talk to the media and be a lot of fun hey next my favorite co-host is doing Dan Patrick Show. Ahmed Farid. It's weekend time for Sim. See ya. Bye.